Welcome to Soccer Over Gotham, a National Women's Soccer League podcast covering Gotham FC with your hosts, Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Now, without any further ado, let's go Gotham. Let's get onto the show. Season two and episode 30 of Soccer Over Gotham, a special Challenge Cup kickoff episode. We have two interviews. I'm your host, Gary. I preview our first Challenge Cup matchup with a great guest in Megan O'Keefe. She's the North Carolina Courage Communications Director. But before we preview the Courage matchup, I am joined, as always, with my co-host, Ruby. Ruby had a special interview with a Gotham FC player. Ruby, how are you? Tell us about your interview. Episode 30. Wow, that's incredible. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so excited about our my interview with none other than Paige Monahan. It was incredible. So you guys have to stick around and listen to this interview. It was so much fun talking to Paige. Yes. And we have some quick news to go over before the interview. Naho Kamasumi is signed through 2023 and keeper Hensley Hancock signed the one-year rookie deal with an option year. Ruby, your thoughts on these two? This is amazing. I love her story. I love how she plays. And I think this is a great addition for Gotham. So Gotham and, and Hensley made the right decision to 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 be together. We're, this is this is a match made in heaven. I think this is going to work out just perfectly. And I'm so excited for Naho back for another at least another year because she is uh, as professional as it gets, and she is just amazing. And she's going to create a lot of chances, even if she's not starting. She's going to be there, you know, putting a lot of balls in the in the box for our incredible attacking three. I can't wait to get Naho back on the field again. Yeah, she brings that experience to Gotham, and she's been with the club for for quite a while now. So I'm so excited to see her back. Like you said, she might not start, but again, she's bringing that experience to Gotham, and that's what we need right now. You know, we need experienced players, we need players with talent, and thank God we have all of that. Yeah, we got to get Henzi on the show. Every every single time you see anything about her in prints or anywhere they always have to qualify with that she's an amazing person so not just an athlete but i can't wait to just meet her and she looks so good in that gotham suit she mm-hmm. looks so good that white gotham goalkeeper suit was was pretty cool yeah so one last thing before the interview i am just super excited for this season and seeing what new heights this little podcast can reach so ruby our last four episodes Well, first off, we hit our first 100 listens for one episode. I was super excited about that. Then we reached 100 listens in 24 hours. Okay. (laughs) Then we reached our first 200 listen episode. Then the Becky Tweed interview hit well over 300. And we are growing and growing. So let's just keep going. Thanks for all of you who listen. We are really trying to put together a podcast you as fans want to listen to and look forward to every week. So please give us feedback, rate and review our work. We appreciate you. Yes, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate everyone who listens and all feedback is welcome, good or bad. It's just going to make us better and we want to be better for you so you can stick around and listen to to our craziness or, or interviews or everything. <laughs> yeah, our friends over at Cloud9 Supporter Group have a new website. It is cloud, the number nine, goth.com. And you check them out, get a membership. Ruby, I'm ready for these interviews. Next up is Paige. Let's go, Gotham. We will see you on the next episode with a game recap. You ready? I'm always ready. Let's go, Gotham.
welcome to a special pre-Challenge Cup interview. Our next guest is Gotham FC fan favorite, first time guest on the show. This attacker wears number four. Welcome to the podcast, Paige Monahan. Ooh, I love Yay! that intro. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. I know you guys are busy and in training and everything. But just to start off and break the ice a little bit, usually I do this at the end, but I'm going to do it to begin with this time. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions where you just like answer whatever comes first to your head or to your mind, whatever you just say it. So I'm going to have about six, seven questions and just just say whatever you, comes first to your mind. So first question, what's your favorite drink? I would say water, guilty pleasure, Diet Coke with lime. <laughs> oh, with lime, yes. Cats or dogs? Dogs. What's your favorite food? Oh my gosh, this is hard, rapid fire. <laughs> I would say um, a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> favorite TV show? Friends. This one's a good one. Tell me the nickname your parents used to call you when you were little. Oh, PG Poo. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, favorite thing about playing for Gotham FC? I would just say the team. I love the team so much. All right. There you go. Thank you, Paige, for that. And again, thank you for being here with us. I know you're busy and training has started. So tell us how good does it feel to be back in training? Oh, my gosh. It's been a short but long off season. So I'm so excited to be back with the team. It's been great. Uh, we were indoors a little bit because of New Jersey weather, you know, always <laughs> up and down. But we've been outside at Red Bull's training facility and the sun has felt great. It's been so good to knock the ball around on the grass again. So yeah, really excited. Yeah, talking about the long off season. How was your off season if there is such thing as an off season for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like long but quick. I always say that. It's kind of confusing to some people, but the people who are in it understand. It goes by so fast, but you know, you really have to take a time to rehab your body from the season you just uh, went through, but also prepare for the next season that comes quickly. It was good. I uh, traveled a little bit, spent some time with family and friends, so no complaints. Where, where did you go? I went, I actually traveled a bunch with my boyfriend. Uh, we went to California. We drove up the Pacific Coast Highway, which was actually really pretty cool. Uh, but also met some family in Florida, North Carolina, and then New Jersey a little bit, of course. I've been wanting to do the California thing, just like drive by the coast. Did you get good pictures? Exactly. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. <laughs> and it was nice to be warm <laughs> in the winter. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I saw on social media that you guys on Saturday, I don't know if you were there, got caught in this like cyclone. Were you there? Can you tell us a, bit, a little bit about that? Yeah. So we actually had, oh my gosh, that was a couple Saturdays ago <laughs> at Red Bull facility, actually. Um, we got stuck in the snow squall. And honestly, that was my first time, I think. Um, you know, some of the girls like Allie and Ashlyn were like, is this what it's like in New Jersey? I'm like, no, this is my first time too for this. But yeah, we had a little snow squall. So that was a good little pregame warm up. That's like the worst first impression for Ashlyn and, and Allie. <laughs> 100%. I'm like, I promise it gets better. <laughs> right? <laughs> for real. And tell us, one, one is one of your favorite things and one is what least favorite thing about training? Ooh, my favorite thing about training, I would say I really enjoy training. I mean, that might mm -hmm. sound like a little bit like, oh, I love going to school, but I really enjoy training. 
our coaches do a great job of always making it a competitive environment, but also our mm-hmm. team really thrives in just being competitive, but also at the end of the day, just working and learning and getting better. So that's been really cool. And I'm really excited. And that definitely helps us for the season to just maintain that competitive edge every single week, um, no matter where we are, no matter if you're starting, not starting, playing, not making the roster, it's always competitive. So um, I'm really happy that we have that environment here. So that's probably my favorite part of training. My least favorite part of training, honestly, is probably warming up. And my poor <laughs> strength conditioning coach, if he hears this, this is not against him, but we all laugh. We're like, we just wish we could make our bodies feel really good within that uh, warm up quicker. <laughs> Right, especially with the cold weather. Exactly. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are back in training. Are you ready for the Challenge Cup? It's around the corner. Yeah, I mean, this Challenge Cup definitely came quick. Last year was a longer preseason. It was like 10 weeks and then we played, where this year was six, mm-hmm. which I'm actually happy about because it kind of gets boring just playing each other all the time and <laughs> we start to pick up on each other's moves and whatnot. But yeah, I'm excited. You know, first game this weekend, uh, a lot of teams have been preparing. We have so many talented teams and skilled teams and different teams um, in the league this year. So it'll mm-hmm. definitely be a challenge. And I'm excited for the East Coast uh, section of the Challenge Cup. Talking about the East section group, so we have the North Carolina Courage, Washington Spirit, and Orlando. Out of those teams, who do you think is going to be like the one to beat or the one you guys are looking to beat the season? Yeah, I think one thing, honestly, I have to say that it's special mm-hmm. about the Challenge Cup and just the NWSL in general is anyone can win every single week. You know, there's not really that easy game ever. <laughs> Sometimes I wish there was, but um, there's not. So, but I would say, you know, the reigning champs, Washington Spirit, I think that will be a really fun game for us. Um, you know, we're so close um, in distance to each other too. So I think preparing for that one um, will just be a little more different and maybe a little more special. Yeah, and you're you're right. Anyone could win. Uh, for example, Orlando last year had like nine games straight, you know, like winning. And then I don't know what happened, but <laughs> something <laughs> happened. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to move on to the next thing that I want to talk about. So we, I went before our, our interview here, I went to Wikipedia and look at some facts or fictions about you. So Uh, It says here, you grew up in Roxbury, New Jersey. Is that a fact? Yes, fact, fact. Jersey Jersey girl, that's awesome. That's great. And the best part is that you're playing home. So that's awesome, too. And just to follow up on that, how how did you like fall in love with soccer? How did you begin to love soccer? Yeah, so I started playing soccer literally in kindergarten, super young. I remember Mighty Mites were actually Roxbury soccer. And going actually from kindergarten through eighth grade, I played for Roxbury. So I didn't really join club soccer till high school. So for me, soccer just was always so much fun. You know, I never had to ask my mom, you know, to skip practice or this or that. You know, I was so excited for Tuesdays and Thursdays, which was my training days with Roxbury. And I just wanted any excuse to play. Um, So for me, I think it started young, but it's just, I just love the game. I just thought it was so much fun. I thought it was great to compete. I wanted to play, you know, in the backyard with my siblings, or I wanted to play at local Horseshoe Lake in Roxbury. Um, I would jump in and guest and do guest appearances, which used to be a thing um, back in the days. I don't know about now. Um, (laughs) Or I'd play up on teams. I'd play with boys teams. I'd play with girl teams. I would play 
with, you know, Roxbury Travel. I'd jump into some high school practices, but really it was just me begging my parents of, please drive me here. I just really want to play. I got invited to play. Like the girl said I could join them. So yeah, it's just, it's funny looking back. And even now I just really enjoy the game so much. And like I mentioned before, like I just really enjoy training and learning and growing uh, within the game. Yeah. So also on that profile, it said first Butler draftee in the NWSL. When did you know that you wanted to be or that professional soccer was your goal? It's actually really funny. And I was talking about this the other day. We were talking about the draft and whatnot. For me, I, again, just really enjoyed playing in high school, went to PDA, made PDA and who's awesome, uh, New Jersey club and did so much for me. And that decision to be like, okay, do I want to, if I do this club soccer, like I want to try and play college soccer. So um, that kind of just opened a new door for me of the recruiting process, got picked up, drafted to Butler, went to Butler. And again, it was one of those things where I just found myself loving the game, growing quickly, uh, where I actually got some like US um, younger youth team looks and we were actually at a national camp and the coach uh, brought us all into a meeting and talked about when you guys play pro, um, da, 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 da. and I'm sitting there like, when you play pro, is that that's an <laughs> option? Like this can happen for me, you know, you know, cause again, I just was so focused in the morning, just had so much fun playing that, you know, I didn't, I, of course I had these goals and aspirations of playing mm-hmm. pro and being on a national team, but, at, but it's also like, it was surreal for me to be, Oh, this can actually happen for me. So yeah. And I actually joke, I'll embarrass one of my friends, Sam Staub. Uh, I looked at her and I said, are you playing professional soccer? And she said, I don't know. I'm an accounting major. So I didn't, I didn't play it on this really either. So we laugh about it. You know, she's great in the league today. And same thing for me, you know, I was in business school and I went to Butler for school and to play soccer. So yeah, I think it's just one of those things that I kind of find myself in these situations where doors are opening for me that of course I wanted, but I didn't know was possible. So yeah, that's kind of my pro soccer story. I've, I've always dreamed of being a professional soccer player, but when it actually happened, um, it was a blessing for sure. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Um, but if you were not a soccer, a professional soccer player today, what do you think you would be doing? Like what other profession? Oh gosh, I really, that's a good <laughs> question. And it's so funny because it's <laughs> like for so long, I couldn't imagine being a professional soccer player. I didn't know that's possible, but now I can't imagine not being a professional soccer player. <laughs> Uh, but I think something in the sports world, um, definitely working in athletics, just because I have so much um, admiration for uh, females and women's who are, are women who are in the league, who are in athletics, um, who are playing sports today. So definitely something along that line to just empower and support them. Yeah. Also here on your Wikipedia says your first national team call up was in 2019 course you're a young player and you have a lot of experience um is there a goal or a moment in your career that sticks out as your favorite or like most proud of yeah I would honestly say getting drafted um you know a little bit to share a little bit about me and Mm -hmm. I mentioned it a little bit briefly but when I made this when I made PDA I had a family meeting actually is what we called it um, with my family, my siblings, uh, because, you know, it, it, it's financially, it's expensive and it's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of travel um, across the country, you know, games on the weekends, tournaments, this, that. 
where basically my family bought into my dream of playing and continuing to play soccer. So um, that was huge for me. And, you know, that just speaks volumes of my family, how selfless they are and, you know, what they've instilled in me. So when I got drafted, it almost felt like, you know, it was worth it. Like I did it. And, you know, it wasn't, and I told you so, like, it was like, look, I actually did this. Like, thank you for, and thank you doesn't even do it justice, but like, thank you for buying into me and pushing me and, you know, my siblings going to every soccer <laughs> tournament, rain, snow, hot, whatever, you know, instead of family vacations, it was a long soccer tournament weekend. So I'll forever be thankful for that. But when I got drafted, I just really think I was so proud to be part of my family, um, to represent Butler and my Butler coaches and really New Jersey. You know, there's a lot of new talented New Jersey soccer players throughout the years, but you know, I think in my generation, I'm just really blessed to be a part of those players from New Jersey. Yeah. And I did see, I think it was on Instagram. I did see your siblings like working out with you off season. <laughs> that was really cool. Do they even like soccer? Do they even play soccer or anything? <laughs> you know what? They play soccer, but, uh, you know, they have other strengths, I think is a nice way to say it, but you yeah, know, they would, my, actually my older brother, I could shoot the ball hard, you know, always when I was young. So yeah. I'd make him jump in goal in our backyard. I'd be like, come on, you know, jump in goal. And he'd put on boxing gloves because he didn't have goalie gloves. <laughs> he had boxing gloves. He would like punch it out. And I'd be so mad because I'd be like, this is an advantage for him. But, um, and my sister played a little bit, but she was more of a lacrosse player for sure. So, but yeah, they like to work out with me. I mean, they're both very fit individuals and enjoy <laughs> lifting and running, but they like to, you know, tease me for some of the things that I do, but it's, it's fair. <laughs> yeah, that was very cool to see. You should post more of those. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> but shifting gears a little bit. So Gotham went through a ton of changes in the past season and added a bunch of like talented players. Uh, what is the feeling around the team right now? I actually was having a conversation with a couple of my coaches today and players that, you know, it sounds so cliche and, you know, you always have a good feeling, new year, new team, but there is definitely a different vibe here. And I think that this is the first year that I've been here where as players, we could focus on just being players and just being our best self every single day, where I think in previous years, there's just been a lot of other things going on. And yeah, where this year, I think our responsibility is just focusing on being a footballer every single day, that it makes everything else so much easier. So the new additions, I think, are wonderful, genuinely. And I think they're wonderful both on and off the field. But everyone's so kind um, and uh, kind, but also as soon as we get on the field, we're competitive. And then as soon as the practice is over, we're back to being kind and helping each other and wanting the common goal of the team. So, yeah, I think... um, really, really good additions. And also the players who are here already, quality players on and off the field. So really excited for that. Talking about new players that have come into the team, who are some of the rookies or new players that have impressed you so far? We have had great additions of new players to our team, which is really awesome. You know, sometimes it honestly can be hit or miss and even just how players adapt to the league, adapt to the speed, the pace. But our rookies are so open to learning and just having a good attitude every day, um, which we've all have been there where it feels like, oh, it's so fast. Like, am I going to be able to keep up? But they have such good attitudes. So it's been awesome. So, you know, Cam Tucker, Jenna Bike, Taryn Torres, Kelly and Livingstone, 
Manavisco, um, Kumi, who's not really a rookie, <laughs> um, <laughs> new to our team. So yeah, so many Hensley goalkeeper. They have done such an amazing job of just really throwing themselves in the environment, but also just learning from the older players and just doing whatever they can to just bring them be- bring their best self, but also add an addition and keep up with the pace of our team and the direction that we're heading. One of the reasons we love covering this team is because of the culture of this team. And it's very diverse, very inclusive club. So what makes this club or this team so special? I think that it's genuine. There can be so many things that are done just because it looks good or, you know, it, it will like seem good and feel good for us. But honestly, it comes from a genuine place from the upper management all the way down to the players, all the way down to the staff, to, you know, fans, players. I just think it's genuine, which is very different, unfortunately, but I think it's amazing. And I think it's really what sets us apart and just keeps a culture here that's genuine, that's real, that there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times, Mm -hmm. but, you know, how can we have conversations and stay together and do what we can on and off the field to just represent Gotham in the best way possible? So do we see a Challenge Cup championship this year? Like, yes, we're going to win this, right? Yeah. (laughs) Hands down. I mean, I think it's honestly, it's become just a part of our schedule, even of this is what's happening and this is what we have to do. And this is when we have to peak and be ready and why we're doing, you know, certain things at certain times of the week uh, to prepare for the challenge cup, for the championship, you know, for the season and then leading into the end of season, postseason. Yeah, and your next game will be March 19th, which is around the corner. Can you tell us a little bit of like, what do you do pregame? Like how how do you prepare? Yeah, I think it's honestly changed for me over the years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's just maybe maturing or getting older, (laughs) maybe a little bit of both. But uh, for me, usually my pregame is pretty low key, just like to stay calm. Um, and confident to be honest that's when I play my best soccer so I try to do something normal such as getting coffee with friends or something like that just to kind of reset and just appreciate the day Um, and then be able to just conquer the game at night or day whatever it may be but yeah so kind of like a calm cool collected is my approach so you don't have like a pump up song like before the game you listen to this song to get you pumped Oh, I mean, like when I step into the locker room, I, yeah, I get a little rowdy, (laughs) but um, I guess more of like the day before it's pretty calm, but as soon as I get to the locker room, I'm usually either hopping on aux or, you know, getting the vibes right for the team, um, which it could be anywhere from us playing J. Cole to doing some, you know, Jersey fist pumping song. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, yeah. You have to go with some Jersey songs. Um, But let me change the subject a little bit bit again. So a new CBA is now in place. What does this personally mean to you? Uh, I just think it's incredible. I mean, first, we have had absolutely amazing people who have just contributed to the CBA that we had bargaining committee, we had our lawyers, we had Megan Burke, our executive director, we had players who, honestly, it was amazing. They would be going to practice and then they'd be on meeting calls for hours on end, basically just sifting through, making decisions, doing whatever they can to just represent the players and do what we can for the future for us, the future of um, the next generations to come. So yeah, honestly, it was so moving and so comforting at the same time of, okay, we're actually headed in the right direction. We're not just saying we are, 
um, legally we're heading in the right direction. And then, yeah, I think just as a player, it just feels better and it doesn't feel as if you're getting taken advantage of, or just kind of like being led out to dry, you know, to be honest. So yeah. And I'm honestly very proud of the owners and people throughout the league who have positively contributed to this. And I'm just really excited for it. Our very own uh, GM from Gotham, Yael, was involved in this. What did you hear from her about this? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those things where sometimes you'd hear things directly from Yael, and then obviously there's legal things where it would be through the grapevine. But Yael was a player, was a part of the Players Association. Um, she gets it. And, you know, I think it was a awesome. I mean, selfishly, it's great. She's our GM. But also it was awesome to have a player and a business side of person of, okay, like, we need to, of course, have the business be successful, but also the players are a huge part of this business. So it didn't feel like one sided. It does. It was very mutual. And I think that we are so lucky that she was even around in the timing of this, because mm -hmm. I think it might have been different if she wasn't there. So hats off to her. Congrats to her. Um, but yeah, and you've been with this club since the sky blue days. And how do you think Yale has contributed to the changes that have happened now Gotham FC? I think Yale does a great job of business and soccer, um, just positively contributing and even hiring. You know, I mean, she hired Scott and Bev and kept Becky Tweed and even some of our medical staff members, um, along with Stephanie Lee, who works with Yael as well, I have to give a shout out to. <laughs> they just have done a great job of, okay, this is who we need to hire for the success of this team. And that's really the driving force and like every mm -hmm. decision made. So it's really refreshing and it just feels very professional and very, but also thriving. Um, we're able to thrive in this environment, which I don't think is possible in every profession sometimes, but it's possible here at Gotham FC and I'm just very happy to be here. That's awesome. And I'm going to change the subject a little bit again because Gotham FC announced a new partnership with an NFT and crypto company now. And we saw that you got your first NFT. How do you feel about that? Yes. Oh my gosh. I was so excited. I am definitely new to the NFT world, but Algorand has done such a great job explaining it to me, helping me, you know, um, teaching me things that I didn't know. So I'm really excited. And my NFT was honestly pretty cute. So I was not <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> but for anyone that wants to like get it or how, how do, do you know how, how someone can go and get this NFT? Yeah, it's through Algorand. So Algorand is a different NFT, um, like company based or versus others. And actually, yeah. it's more beneficial to like the person yeah. or people involved. So yeah, still learning the exact but <laughs> you know, I would say, check out Algorand. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is not an ad, but no, uh, but seriously, <laughs> they've been nothing but helpful. And the people I've worked with really have explained it to me because it's, it's new, you know, yeah. and I mean, people who know about it, obviously know, but I was new to it. And they've explained it to me. And I'm just super excited to be a part of it. And you know, it's cool that it's Gotham FC and Algorand, you know, I think it's a cool mix. It's not just me um, on my own. So yeah, yeah. I really love it. That's awesome. I just started getting into NFTs as well. So I'm going to go ahead and check it out. I'm definitely going to get it. <laughs> but, Love it. <laughs> yeah. And one thing. So we have Cloud9, our supporter group. Can you give a Cloud9 a shout out for, for us? Cloud9. We go way back. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No, seriously, Cloud9 has been through it. I mean, I I've been around since Sky Blue, but even before then, they were, you know, they were before my time. But Cloud9 just shows up every single weekend from near and afar. And you have no idea how much it means to us as players. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you, Cloud9. We cannot wait to see you. Yes, we have some on the road games, but when we are at Red Bull Arena, so excited to hear that drum, hear those chants, and we'll see you soon. Heck yes, we're excited for that, especially because it's going to be later on next month. So we're going to have great weather by then. <laughs> and exactly, uh, exactly. we reached the end of our interview. I really want to thank you, Paige, for taking the time to talk to us. And good luck this season to the fans. Thank you for listening. Please rate us and subscribe. Uh, for Paige, Gary, and myself, we thank you for listening. Expect the uh, weekly podcast coming out soon. We're so ready for this season. Are you ready, Paige? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Here we go, Gotham. <laughs> Heck yes. Thank you, Paige. Thank you so much. We got a great guest to preview our Challenge Cup matchup against North Carolina. Our guest is former player, current communications director for the North Carolina Courage, and host of the Courage on the Pitch podcast. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Megan, I'm really excited for this interview for many reasons. Obviously, there's a lot going on around North Carolina that I want to get caught up on, but I'm currently a sports management major, and I want to kind of dig into your life as a communications director. And I'm curiously playing with the idea of switching over to communications. Definitely want to know more about your mind on that side. But so when did you become the communications director? So I uh, took this role in April of 2021. So I'm almost coming up on a year now. Um, So yeah, just just last season, I've, I've had this job. Yeah. And so like, what is a typical day in the life of a communications director? So the way our club is structured, I actually oversee the courage as well as our men's team, NCFC. So kind of split half and half, but um, I like to look at our department in three buckets. We've got social media, we've got PR, and we've got written content. And then we sort of support every other department like sponsorship, marketing, and things like that. So typical day in the life is we're going out to training, whether it's the men's training or the women's training, they usually practice at the same time, capture some social media content, Instagram, Twitter, Um, And then we head into the offices. Um, We might have a press conference after practice. So we'll do a press conference with a player and coach uh, via Zoom now that we're kind of still in the COVID days. But then we head to the offices, uh, you know, do a a lot of preseason meetings since that's the time that we're in right now, you know, prepping for games, what those are going to look like and just coordinating with all the other departments. So it's it's a lot (laughs) in one, but uh, every day is different, which is why I love it. Yeah. And we did talk a little bit before the podcast about you were as a communications director during the time of the he who should not be named uh, thing. So what was that like for you as far as coming into you were coming into the job at that point? Yeah, that was a very difficult time. Um, And not only in the role that I was in, but also, you know, having the interactions that I had with the players and it was challenging for them, but I am just so beyond impressed by how they stuck together as a team. And I think that that's what got me through it in my job. Um, you definitely had to separate, you know, the personal feelings with your your role. But in a situation like that, it's hard not to bring in some personal emotions. So I just saw how resilient our players were 
dealing with such a difficult situation. And then for our head coach, Sean Nahas to step in and he was just a massive leader in such a difficult moment. So I just took the energy from the players, Sean, and, you know, just channeled that in the way I could in my job. And just, you know, we got through it together. That's all we could do. We kept just telling each other, you know, we we have to be united in this, whatever statement we put out, whatever interview we do, we have to be united in supporting each other. And so um, it was definitely hard. I'm not going to say it was an easy time, but um, I think we made it out stronger. And, you know, I talked to a lot of the players about it now, and I just hear how they said, you know, they're, they're closer because of it. Uh, the league is closer and the players are closer. And I think a lot of issues resurfaced or surfaced because of it. And I think a lot of positive changes have been made because of it. So it was difficult, but I think um, in all, we've come out stronger. Yeah. And it's, it's one thing we both kind of share covering both teams. Uh, we went through the same kind of thing. Yeah. And those, the veteran leadership on the team is so important. And you guys had a bunch of veteran leaders on this team, which unfortunately have a lot of them have moved on to, you know, other teams. You had Williams, McDonald, Mewis, Rodriguez. That was the face of North Carolina for a long time. So who do you feel is the biggest loss on the field as far as those big players? Yeah, strategy wise, I think at least from like fan feedback, they feel like we're losing, you know, offensive power with Jess being gone and Lynn um, and then Sam and her leadership. She was a huge leader in the middle. But just because when we respected those players when they had their request to leave, but not to pull PR on you, but this is honestly the honest to God truth. We have some incredible new rookies that came in um from the draft class i I hope we touch on that a little bit um and then carolyn signing on uh you know from brazil so yes we had some big name players leave and they were the face of the team but sean and our players now are just really excited about the the talent that we have and so yeah it was really tough to see them go they were a big part of the courage history um but we got some exciting new players uh with us now yeah. And speaking of the players that are that were currently in roster last year and that are here this year, which one of those players do you think is going to kind of step up in that leader role that's being left by those four big players? Yeah, I mean, we got the Abby Ursegs. We got our captain holding it down in the back. And she she really leads by example. She talks about she's not necessarily like the most vocal leader, but you can just tell like, when she's on the ball, she's composed. She sets the tone for the team. So she's been stepping up. Obviously, she's been stepping up for years, but she'll continue to fill that role. Um, Carson Pickett, I, she was actually on a press conference yesterday and we were talking about how she was a new face on the team last year, but now just being a having a season under her belt, she's stepped up as a leader on the team. She said she's more vocal, more comfortable stepping, stepping up and being a leader. I think in the midfield, we've got Denise O'Sullivan. She's a familiar face on the team and she's a great leader holding it down in the midfield. And then, yeah, we have a bunch of new strikers and new faces on the offense. And and so um, Deanna Ordonez, she's one of our, our draft picks. She's super, super talented. And I think she'll be a great leader despite being the youngest on the team. She's 20 years old. So, yeah. yeah. And you also got a player from Gotham who we liked on yeah. the podcast, but never quite saw the minutes that we think that she deserved. And that's Brianna Pinto. Uh, so from the outside, she, she seems like she's going to play a big role in the attack of North Carolina. Uh, what have you seen so far from her? I I love the Brianna story. I think it's so cool that she's back in North Carolina, you know, where her family's from, where she played college and she played for Sean, our head coach growing up. So her story is awesome. And so I think it's cool for her to come into an environment where she's 
can feel comfortable. It's not completely new. I think she, she trained with us when she was in college. So I think for her, that's helped coming into an environment that she's comfortable with. She's familiar with the folks and I've seen her come into training and she's so good. And I'm sure, you know, you've seen her play yeah. like so good in tight spaces, very technical. Um, and so I think that she fits really well with the, the courage playing style and the midfield, you know, possession based, keeping the ball, distributing, being technical. And I think her and Dabinia and Denise O'Sullivan in the midfield will be a really cool partnership. Yeah. Be, be, uh, be warned. Uh, her family is very, very protective of her. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get, as they should her. be, she's very talented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used to get messages from, from our family all the time. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. It was, it's good to see Brianna get a new chance. Cause I just, again, I didn't think she didn't think she's thrived here for for whatever reason, but I think she's going to be so good in North Carolina. Yeah. Just so good. And speak to us about some of the other new forwards you have. You have the Brazilian striker. Uh, and tell us a little bit about Ardonias as well. Yeah. So Deanna brings size. So I'm, I'm out of practice and I'm looking around like, okay, because I'm 5'10 and I've always been like towering over the players, but we finally have some size out there. So Deanna is, I think she might be six foot, 5'11 or six foot. So she brings some size. Um, she'll put her head on the ball, <clears throat> such an attacking threat on set pieces. Yeah. We got Carolyn coming in. Um, and then we have just a, like a lot of attacking midfielders so that, that are playmakers, but also get inside the box. Some other rookies, Emily uh, Gray, who was our first pick third overall from Virginia tech. She is super offensive minded. She's just obsessed with the game. If you talk to her, she's like, if she's not at practice, she's watching soccer, she's playing FIFA. She's, getting touches on the ball. So she'll be really fun to watch. Yeah. We got, yeah. Tons of new faces. Yeah. And the Brazilian striker on the last roster that was put out, says it was not yet rostered or not nope. here. Yeah. She hasn't come into market yet. Okay. Very good. When it comes to the coach coming in mid season is a tough ask for any coach. We know what that's like, but how has Sean melded the team together around him? And when he came in, it was seemed like he, even he was like, this is, temporary thing i don't know if i want to be a full-time head coach but then it seems like everything went well for him and then yeah. the team rallied around him and tell us what that feeling is like around him yeah i think going through what we went through last fall for him to step in i think it was really important that it was him because the players had a lot of trust in him it wasn't a brand new face so it was someone who knew what the players had gone through and so there was already that understood and built trust around him and then him coming in and stepping up as full-time head coach he is so player focused so every decision that is made is based on how is this going to impact the players it comes down to you know like practice times making sure that training time is at a time that's best for the players you know making sure they have the most recovery so he's super focused on the players I mean as any head coach would be but it's just very evident with him and another interesting thing that he said a lot when he first started and, and continues to say is he wants to be entertaining. Like he wants fans to come and feel like they're watching a show. And he says this, I mean, not jokingly, but kind of seriously, like, I don't care about the wins. I don't care if you make mistakes. All I want is that, you know, you show the passion for the game. You show that you're working together as a team. You're going to recover if you lose the ball and you're and for fans, you're going to be entertained. That's the style of play that he wants to put out on the field, which I think is super cool. Yeah, and the, the former coach had a very unique style that was it's not often used in football. It's the four two two two, very mm -hmm. direct. And what struck me is how quickly 
as soon as North Carolina won the ball, it was two passes and it was through their forwards. Mm-hmm. So is that something that he's going to carry over or does he have a completely different mindset or style? I think just going off of what I said about being player focused, I think he's really just kind of following the lead of the players. So I think that they have been experimenting with some things, different formations during practice, but it's basically whatever he sees meshing the best. So I have no idea what the lineup's going to look like or formation. Even if I did, I wouldn't reveal it here. But <laughs> I think for him, he's just kind of like following the, I don't mean to say vibe, but however he sees the players meshing the best and then going from there. So for him, he doesn't want to say, you know, it's a brand new chapter or it's a rebranding or a reforming of the team. It's just a new year. You know, we're looking forward. We're very forward focused. And, you know, it's just following the players. He, he wants to take the backseat and let players be the leaders. Yeah. And I noticed on the preseason roster, there is a ton of defenders. I mean, yes. it's like 12 or 13 defenders on the preseason roster and only a couple forwards. So is that something that is he's a defensive minded coach or is it just best players available? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that he's, it's a mix of both. I think that with the defenders that we have, they're super versatile. So, so many of our outside backs get forward. And so they get involved in the attack. You got Merritt Mathias, Carson Pickett, Jaylene Daniels, like they get forward. And so just because they're listed as defenders, they're willing to get involved in the attack and create plays. So I think that's the type of player that he wants to recruit that is good on both sides of the ball. Um, And so I think that that's what we've got. Yes, there's a ton of defenders, but they're very offensive minded. So that helps. Yeah. And so when it comes to the Challenge Cup, this is an interesting tournament because you get it's like a preseason tournament for a team that's had a lot of changes. What are kind of the expectations for this team in the Challenge Cup? To win. <laughs> I know that's what everyone says. But no, I think that they just want to, I mean, prove to everyone, but just prove to themselves and show the hard work that they've done in the offseason. Like, yes, we want to get results, but I think we just want to show like we are we are still the courage. Yes, it might be a different like built with different individual faces, but we are still a dominant attacking team that you're going to be afraid to play against high pressure, you know, keeping the ball. We're on top of you the the first time we lose the ball. So I think expectations for the challenge cup is just to get our groove back. We have so many individually talented players. It's just a matter of having this game experience to mesh it all together and be ready for the regular season. When you graduated, the minimum salary for the NWSL was around eight or $6,000. And now uh, the new CBA hit and now it's jumping up into 30. It's still too low, but what do you feel just in that couple of years has changed with the CBA for the players? I mean, I think with the CBA finally being completed recently, it takes a weight off of the players to not have to worry so much about off the field stuff and they can really focus on the game. And it sucks that it took this long, you know, the negotiations took years and that was another added stress for so many of our players who were, who were really active in the negotiations, you know, they had to deal with this outside of practice and it's just added stress that when you're a professional athlete, you just want to focus on the game that you love you're incredibly talented and you don't want to have to worry about all this stuff off the field. And then in terms of the finances, Yes, it's still low, but it, it's better and they fought for it. And I think that they can start to really focus on their game and doing what they love and not have to worry about, you know, making ends meet as much as they did in the past. Um, you know, with the, what was it? Hashtag no side hustles. That that whole campaign, um, players needing to have one or two or three extra jobs just to make ends meet. 
And yes, that might still be the case, but hopefully we're on a better path towards eliminating that need at all. So um, I think for the players, it's definitely, it's been great, especially, you know, with the decision on with us soccer and the equal pay that has reignited a lot of positive energy around the sport and just showing like, yes, finances are involved and people's paychecks are going to be greater. But I think it just proves that now these massive organizations are finally seeing women's athlete as equal as they should be. Yeah. And is there anything else in the CBA that really kind of jumps out at you um, mm. as far as, you know, the maternity leave or mental health leave, stuff like that? The mental health leave for me is so important. I It's something that you know, I'm personally very passionate about raising awareness, having more discussions around mental health and sports. I think it's something that is becoming more talked about, but, you know, with the recent passing of the Stanford goalkeeper, um, that has again, resurfaced the conversation around mental health. And I think people don't realize what athletes go through. Like you see them on social media and out on the field and being successful and just being super strong and powerful, but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that isn't talked about enough. And I think for people to feel more comfortable talking about it, people feel more comfortable getting help. Um, and for the NWSL CBA to give that opportunity for players to take the time that they might need to, you know, get their mental health in, in check because it definitely impacts a lot more people than people realize. So um, that's huge that that's part of the, the decision. Yeah. It's always sad to lose somebody of, you know, one of your own who's seemingly future was so bright. Um, right. So where can we find your work? Yeah. So, I mean, following the North Carolina courage on Instagram, definitely behind, um, I have to give a massive shout out to my communications managers, Hannah Martin and Nikki Stout. They run all of our social media. Um, but yeah, so for courage stuff, uh, the NC courage on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, tickets are available on the North Carolina Courage website. And then for me, for the podcast, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Megan O'Keefe, E-M-E-G-A-N-O-K-E-E-F-E-E. I don't know why I did that like years ago. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> unnecessary extra E right there, but sure. it's there um, on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah. And um, you can listen to the podcast on 99.9 The Fans YouTube channel. And yeah, I don't think your listeners are local, but it's on our local news channel, WRAL+. <laughs> Yeah. So when's the last time you were in this area? Oh boy. Well, I don't know the last time I was in the area, but I know I will be there. I'll be at the Gotham game, um, April third awesome. on my birthday. So I'll be there to, to celebrate. Oh. Hopefully a courage win. I know I'm not in the right company to say <laughs> that, but <laughs> hopefully it's a good game, you know, for all of us. All right. So you'll be in the media booth? I will. I'll be there. All right. Maybe I'll see you there. That sounds good to me. Cool. So Megan, I could talk to you for hours. There's so much stuff I want to talk to you and I'm glad we're friends now. We can talk, yes. you know, communicate as we go forward. But I really do thank you for coming on. Again, do you have any actual predictions for this game coming up? Honestly, this league, I feel like it was put in a blender and just shook all around and every team looks different. So it's so hard to predict. But I will say, you know, Gotham better be looking out. Courage is looking pretty strong. So, and we've got a lot of, a lot of excitement around the team. So I will, I will just say that. Yeah. All right, everybody. So for Megan, Ruby and myself, I mean, we thank you all for tuning in next time we record, we'll have an actual game to break down. Get goosebumps. <laughs> I'm ready for some NWSL games. You ready, Megan? I am so ready. All right, let's go.